When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? How are you now on this beautiful Saturday night? Well, I guess Sunday morning for some of you listening on Sunday. Maybe even Monday morning. Who knows? I don't know when you're listening. Montreal Canadiens. On est 0 en 4 dans les matchs préparatoires. Tabarnak. It's not going very well in the preseason, at the very least. Uh, certainly not in terms of wins and losses, but the question is, do you care? Because we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Hello and welcome to another preseason episode of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and uh, that one stung a little bit <clears throat> just because they got to overtime for the first time. Um, so we, we got to see them, you know, get into that three-on-three period a little bit. Of course, not actually at three on three, but you know they 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 took it to the Senators. They they got to overtime, but they couldn't get a win. I was hoping to see a win. As much as I don't care because it's preseason, it doesn't matter. They could lose all of them, it makes no difference. But um, I kind of I was hoping that for them, you know. So let's do a recap because there was quite a bit of scoring to go over there. Uh, game was a little bit slow to get going, but the play was definitely favoring the Senators early on. They had the better shots, the better scoring chances. They looked like the better team. But the Habs strike first. Rem Pitlick and Jake Evans get loose on a 2-1-0. And uh, Pitlick throws it over to Evans. Real easy play at the side of the net. He just puts it in, makes it one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. And Jake Evans, speaking of Jake Evans, clearly this guy's hunting the, the, the rocket this year. He gets himself a second goal. In one period, weird little flip from the point by uh, Mike Matheson goes up in the air. <clears throat> Evans just kind of reaches up, bats it down with his hand, and puts it in. Makes it two nothing, and that was the score at the end of twenty minutes for the Montreal Canadiens. Looking pretty good, despite again the Senators being arguably the better team throughout the course of those twenty minutes. Now we get into the second period. Sends almost score very early on in that period, but a really nice sprawl by Jordan Harris kind of stops that killer scoring chance. But not too long after that, 
Uh, Alex DeBrincat, simple turn and shoot from a really shitty angle, and he puts it in. I watched that goal by Alex DeBrincat, and I'm like, what the fuck was Chicago doing trading that guy? Why would you not keep him around for your rebuild? I don't know. Anyways, it's 2-1. to one. We're, we're, we're still rolling in this game. And the Habs, they get a power play pretty late in the second period. Uh, just chaos in the Senators' zone during that power play. Ridley Gregg blocks a shot. He's down, and then he gets up, and it just everything's happening. And then Jesse Alonen gets the puck on the left-hand side, throws a beautiful saucer pass over to Rem Pitlick. He pounds it in, makes it 3-1 to one for the Montreal Canadiens. But shortly after that, the Ottawa Senators get a power play of their own. Tic-tac-toe goes to Shane Pinto. He blasts one and makes it 3-2, to two, and that is how the second period would end. Then we get into the third period, our final frame. Justin Barron leading the rush. Absolute snipe. Far side. He comes in on the right wing and just fires a perfect one off the post and in to make it 4-2 to two for the Montreal Canadiens. And we're cooking, right? We're feeling like, man, maybe they're the better team, but right now we're cooking. And of course... The Sens come right back. Uh, I mean, maybe a minute, maybe two minutes later. I'm not sure exactly how long it was, uh, but it was close. Um, they get a two-on-one due to some sloppy play by the Montreal Canadiens. Rem Pitlick was trying to take the puck, uh, and Caden Gooley wasn't sure if he was going to take it. Leads to a two-on-one, and Mathieu Joseph uh, makes it 4-3. to three. Now, Habs, of course, can't get out of their own way. We get a puck over the glass penalty, and then it's Derek Brassard, out front to Shane Pinto again, his second of the game, pounds it in, makes it 4-4. Absolutely nothing Caden Primo could do about that one. Uh, really nothing he could do about any of the Senators' goals. They were all quite difficult to stop. They would have taken some miraculous saves in order to keep them out of the net. And we go into overtime. And of course, at the end of the third period, the Habs took a penalty. So we go into what is supposed to be a 3-on-3. But as everybody knows, the rule is when there's a penalty heading into that overtime period, we don't play three on two, we play four on three. Senators during that four on three, they're looking pretty dangerous, but the Habs are doing pretty well at keeping them out, you know, boxing them as best as they can. Weird triangle formation that they're running there. And um, it works for a time, but then Alex DeBrincat gets another chance. This time it's a one-timer up near the point. And he puts it through traffic into the net, makes it 5-4, to four, the final in favor of the Ottawa Senators. But we're not upset, are we? No, we're not. It's practice. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. So what did we learn? Well, the first thing that I want to talk about, my arguably, my I, I think this one's arguable, right? I don't necessarily think that my player of the game is the player of the game. But I would have to give my player of the game to Rem Pitlick. Uh, Jake Evans was definitely a very good can- candidate for that. So shout out to Jake Evans. But uh, Rem Pitlick, man, uh, waiver wire god. Habs picked him up off waivers last year. He looked very good throughout the course of last year. And going into this preseason, I mean, there's a lot of spots that are kind of open, right? We kind of know who's going to be on the NHL roster, but we're not too sure who fits in where. Save a few really obvious candidates. You know that Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki are going to be on the top line, probably with Josh Anderson based on what we're seeing at practice. 
Um, we know that probably Kirby Doc is slotted in as the number two center. But outside of that, uh, especially when it comes to the forwards, things are kind of up for grabs. And Rem Pitlick is staking his claim to some serious minutes with the Montreal Canadiens this season. He looked fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, he did get some help, of course. He got the assist on the, the Jake Evans goal. Um, obviously, the fact that Jake Evans was getting in on the net as close as he was and he was in perfect position with the stick on the ice, that's kind of an easy play to make. But I really liked his goal. Uh, Jesse Alonen threw him a beautiful saucer pass, an absolutely beautiful saucer pass. But he pounded that thing in um, and he put it short side too. It wasn't like he had a bunch of net to shoot at. He put it in the one spot that he needed to put it in order to get it through. Um, he was showing a lot of speed throughout the course of that game. Um, the Senators had a more NHL-ready roster than the Habs did in that game. And Rem Pitlick looked like one of the better players on the ice. So um, I submit to you that Rem Pitlick, he's not necessarily going to be a top-six player for the Montreal Canadiens this season. But I think he's going to get some top-six minutes at some points during the year. I really do. I just don't think that they have enough bodies to avoid having him on one of their top two lines at some point. And the thing is, with his speed, um, I think he can play with the best players that the Habs have to offer. I think if you absolutely needed him to in a pinch, he could play up on that top line with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. I know that sounds crazy, and I'm not saying that it's something that I want them to do on a regular basis. But all I'm saying is I think he's capable of doing it. That's a good thing from Montreal at the very least because they picked this guy up off waivers he's found money whatever he can contribute this season if they can find a trade at the deadline let's say that they're in last place and you know the deadline rolls around and they're looking to make some deals Rem Pitlick's a guy that might lean into the frame there as a significant trade candidate because he doesn't cost a lot of money he can play up and down in your lineup and you can rely on him on a nightly basis there are teams out there who might be willing to pay something for Rem Pitlick. And if Montreal can turn him into assets, given that they picked him up off waivers to look out, at that point, you got to tip your hat to Kent Hughes and say, all right, buddy, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what you do next. One man's garbage is another man person's good on garbage, as a wise philosopher once said. So Rem Pitlick, <laughs> one man's garbage, the Minnesota Wild, another man person's good on garbage, being the Montreal Canadiens. Now, I have to also talk about uh, Caden Primo for sure. Um, I thought he played fantastic. I know when you look at the score sheet and you see 5-4 to four in favor of the other team, you go, all right, well, my attendee didn't do a heck of a lot to help me, right? But again, I go back to what I said earlier, that the Sens were arguably the better team through all three periods. There were moments in the game where Montreal was really putting the pressure on. Uh, they kind of opened things up and, and were looking like a very dangerous team. But for the most part, the, the, the Senators, number one, had a, had a more NHL-ready lineup. And number two, they looked like the more NHL-ready team throughout the course of that game. That score could have been a heck of a lot worse if not for Caden Primo. He made a, a number of really good saves. Um, I'm, I'm not saying this guy is the next starter for the Montreal Canadiens. We know Jake Allen just signed a new deal, uh, so he's been extended with the Habs at a pretty reasonable cost as well. So it, <clears throat> unfortunately, probably means that we're not going to be seeing Carey Price again, at least for the next couple of years. Um, but Caden Primo, th the door is open. Jake Allen signs a two-year extension. 
that extension perfectly coincides with your extension. So the Montreal Canadiens are basically saying, here's your opportunity to go out and prove to us that you could be the starter. If Carey Price is truly done, if we are never going to see him again in the Montreal Canadiens net, you have an opportunity right there. If he goes out and plays really well over the course of these next three seasons, you could potentially see yourself in a position where you're the starter. I don't know. If he can play like he did against the Senators on a regular basis, night in, night out, improve a little bit of those small intricacies to his game uh, that are still lingering, like some of the rebound control, um, looks a little bit panicky at times. I, I really think that there's there, there's a legitimate potential starting goaltender in there. And uh, he showed some of that. I, I liked his game. I know. Five to four, normally you don't like your goaltender's game. But this is this is the exception to the rule there. He looked pretty good in that game, and I really don't think that you can fault him for a goddamn second that they didn't take home the win. Anyways, um, other performances. Uh, I really enjoyed Caden Gooley. Man, he was roughing up. Um, what's his face? God damn it. Claude Giroux. Jesus, I can't believe I forgot his name for a second there. He was roughing Claude Giroux up in front of the Habs net at one point. Um, he was very physical. At one point, he took a mouthful of glass. He went for a hit and kind of missed it and then ran right into the stanchion and hit his face in the glass and skated away like it was nothing. He's tough as nails. Uh, he's going to make it miserable for opponents to play against him. And his offensive game is coming along as well. So Caden Gooley, very excited about him. Uh, Mike Matheson looked very good as well. There was a mo- there was a moment in the first period. Um, I got a highlight on my Twitter account if anybody's interested in going to find it. He gets the puck on the wing and uh, dangles Nikita Zaitsev and then walks in and gets a shot on goal. I mean, Mike Matheson's way better than I thought he was. I remember when they traded for him, I was like, really? This guy? Because I remembered him from his Florida days. I wasn't necessarily thinking of you know Mike Matheson, the Penguins defenseman. I was thinking Mike Matheson, the Florida Panthers defenseman, and I was like, God, bad trade. Turns out, maybe not such a bad trade. I don't know. I liked him. Um, excited to see what he can do. Uh, Philip Meshar, again, was up there playing center with two locks, uh, probably for the Laval Rocket. Uh, he was on a line with Michael Pizzetta and uh, Jesse Alonen. Uh, Michael Pizzetta, of course, would require waivers, if I'm not mistaken, so that might be a little bit of a concern for the Montreal Canadiens, but clearly they are still, as I have mentioned in previous episodes, thinking about using uh, Philip Meshar on the Laval Rocket this season, so we'll see what happens there. And finally, Owen Beck. Uh, Owen Beck hit the post for like the third or fourth time in the preseason, almost scored. Um, It was a beautiful pass across the ice, and he just put it right off the post. Uh, on the far side god damn it it was the right fucking idea and he was so close to putting that thing in Owen Beck is a player guys Owen Beck when he's ready he's gonna come up and he's gonna play middle six minutes right away I don't think there's gonna be uh, a transition period where he plays for the rocket for very long I think he's when he goes back to Mississauga this year I think he's gonna kill it and I think as early as next year, we could see Owen Beck in the middle six for the Montreal Canadiens. I know some people think I'm out of pocket for saying that. But when you watch this kid play, I mean, he's in the right place at the right time, always. He's supremely positioned. 
like above reproach in terms of his positioning and his defense. So uh, something like that is going to make him a coach's dream, and it's gonna. I, I think it's going to get him on the Montreal Canadiens maybe as early as next year. Aside from that, <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot that you can take from a game like that. You know, I mean, they, they got themselves into overtime. They weren't able to do anything with it. You know, back to the drawing board. Again, a lot of people are kind of freaking out and they're going, oh, this, this is going to be the longest season ever. They can't win a fucking game. Uh, the reality is we have not actually seen the Montreal Canadiens play yet. We haven't. We haven't seen Nick Suzuki. We certainly haven't seen Nick Suzuki with Cole Caulfield. And we've seen what Cole Caulfield has been doing when he gets in. So this team could be better than people are giving it credit for. But it could also be shit. But at the end of the day, we haven't actually seen the Montreal Canadiens. So anybody who's freaking out, you know, I, I would suggest, and again, it's a humble suggestion at this point, just take a step back and think about it. We haven't seen the actual team yet. Let's just chill out. Let's just try to enjoy some of the good performances. Right? There have been good performances. There are players who are standing out. And that's really the good news because we're not expected to win the fucking cup this year anyways. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh my God, we're not going to make the goddamn playoffs. We were never going to make the playoffs. We were never expected to anyways. So let's just enjoy, I don't know, youth. Just young players making their way. We're, we're in a rebuild, right? And worst case scenario, you know what? If they do suck ass all year and they lose every goddamn game... Guess what? We're getting Connor Bedard. Or the best possible chances at Connor Bedard. I know. There's a lottery. Ooh. We won last year's lottery, though. So maybe they give us two in a row. Second time's the charm. <laughs> I'm going to cut it off there. I'm starting to ramble at this point. Um, we're running what? Oh, over 17 minutes. So it's a soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And of course, à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.